0: Good morning. How are you all? You can hear me. You can hear me. Wonderful. We were going to have uh, Denise. They had a wonderful VBS. Um, Santi, can I grab, can grab me that water, please? Thanks. They had a wonderful vacation Bible school today, and we were going to have a video, and and Denise was going to come say something. So uh, we're going to just press that to next week. We're just trying to be flexible to do. What we feel the Lord has put in our heart to do. So, I just wonder if you, if you had children in there, um, you know, a personal thank you uh, to Denise would go a long way. They worked like crazy. All the volunteers. She just wanted me to thank you all. I know she'll thank you next week. But to all the volunteers and all the mothers, it was a lot of work. This place was transformed last week and retransformed again Saturday. So they're not here, but I wonder if we can just give them a hand. It really was a lot of work. And, uh, and last week, if you were here, I spoke a little bit about some of the current events, what's happening in Loudoun County Schools and so forth. And, um, you know, the reports that I got from last week were astounding. And I just appreciate your response to it. And um, we have now had one of our, one of our own has been, um, what's the word, sanctioned, I guess, to have the authority to receive signatures. Uh, and you'll know what I'm talking about if you were here last week, signatures to petition. So she's going to have a table at the back. Um, so if you want to do that, you didn't get to do it last week, you're welcome to do that. So should we pray? You can open in your Bible to Galatians while we pray. You are allowed to pray with your eyes open. Father, we bless your name. We approach your word with reverence, with awe, with hunger. And uh, we ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. To rest on your word for you are its author. And all scripture, as your word says, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and for wisdom. We bless your name, Lord. Amen. I wonder if you could turn to the book of Galatians. We've been in Galatians for the last few weeks and um, I was going to recap because when you miss a week in a series, sometimes to the people, it's like you've missed a year, and you're asking them to remember two weeks ago, how crazy is that? So, But I'm not going to do that for the sake of time. Um, I will just say that these Judaizers came in, these people, and if you hear, you know what? We're referencing these Judaizers came in into the region of Galatia to these churches that were started in revival and in power and started to say, you must obey the law of Moses. Jesus is great, but you must still obey the law of Moses in order to, and please remember that phrase, in order to. The law always says, the law, the Old Testament law, the law always says in order to. Grace always says because of. I, I, I do these works, I do these because of. Versus in order to be right with, in order to make him love me, in order to. And they were saying in order to be righteous with the Lord, you have to actually go back to circumcision. You have to add all these things to the finished work of Jesus Christ. And Paul, who had just come out of that world, where they took the Old Testament law and added all these things and called in the tradition of the elders, and that's what people started to get more excited about and because it gave them authority, it gave them pomp and ceremony, it gave them importance. And so they started to elevate that actually above the Lord's words. And uh, Paul just came out of that world and he saw this happening again. Now with the new covenant. So he writes this book of Galatians to absolutely destroy that. And say we cannot go through this again and miss God again. Amen. Whenever a person is depending on self-righteousness in order to be right with God. Whenever a person relies on the works of men to please God. It will always end up in exalting people and a select few being, look at those amazing people versus actually God's people and Jesus Christ as the king. So Galatians 3, you guys with me? We're going to read, actually I'm going to switch Bibles. I'm going to read to you from the 1984 NIV. It's just a great translation, the old one before they changed it a whole bunch. I'm not sure if they have that one coming up behind me. But uh, Galatians 3 is, you know, some books, the first time I went through Galatians, or as you start to read the scriptures and actually start to read them and study them, uh, Galatians, it gets it's all about Abraham and, and the Old Testament and quotes and circumcision and the law and the promise and inheritance. And I would read it and I'd be like, I'm not really so sure what this is saying. And so as you begin to study, you get freedom today. So today... It's not about perfectly understanding everything, even though I encourage you to go and study. But there's something very precious today, just this one thing that I I trust that God can show us. So let's go read. He says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your eyes, Jesus Christ, Galatians 3.1, was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the Lord? Or by believing, when I say law, I mean law. I I try to use the right accent, and it goes back and forth sometimes, and people get confused. The law, L-A-W. Or by observing the law, or by believing what you heard. Are you so foolish? Don't you love that? After beginning with the Spirit, capital S, that's the Holy Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? That's talking about sanctification. The the New King James says, Are you now being made perfect by the flesh, by the strength of your own arm? Being perfect means being transformed into the image of Christ, being made more holy. Um, Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God, this is an amazing verse, Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Think about that. Think about that. There's so much legalism that is sometimes in the groups that believe in the supernatural because God moves but then comes in what we have to do to maintain. These churches were started in revival and Paul says when that power of God was moving, was it because of what you did or because you believed in your heart? And then why would it change? Hello? Hello? He says, Consider Abraham. He believed God. Actually, let's pause there. Verse 1 to 5. What Paul is saying to them here is that, we'll read it again. Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing? So. What he says, and we know we've covered this a little little bit already, he said that the law cannot bring you justification. The law cannot make you right with God. The law cannot save you. Now, we've touched on that a lot. In actual fact, in verse 16 of chapter 2, it says it pretty clearly. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. But then he says something further, and most people, when they see that alone, wow, nothing I did, nothing I can do, it changes them. But then he takes it a step further. He says, so now, are you still trying to be made perfect? Are you being transformed into the image of Christ? Are you being made? Are you, are you doing that? He says, in other words, sanctification is not by the law either. See, so we move from justification, being saved, being made right with God, having the robe of righteousness on us. It's an amazing truth. And then we go on to the foundation of everything that Christ has done for you, and because, and with. Then we go and say, all right, I'll take it from here, Lord. I will take it from here. I'll pray enough, read enough, do all the things enough. Now, there's a big difference between a person who's hungry for the Lord and wants to know how to grow. Versus a person who has something put on them, in order to be a Christian, you should. They can do exactly the same thing, but the Lord looks at the heart. The one is actually coming under this legalistic Christianity, in which there is no power, no transformation. The law is stirred up, as Romans says, it is actually increases sin within us, and you have the double-pronged attack of witchcraft that was happening in this church, which is an increase of sin in the person's life, and also an increase of legalism, the Christian mask. So behind the scenes, they're getting worse, but in front of everyone, look how wonderful I am. Versus a person who loves Jesus and is so hungry for Jesus and wants to grow, and you can give them all the advice, read like this, do this, do and they say, yes, that's what I want to do. Because they're looking for direction. There's a difference. So he says the law is not going to justify you, but it's also not going to sanctify you. Are you not trying to be made perfect by the flesh, by the strength of your own arm? (laughs) Then he says this, the law will also not bring you the power of the spirit. Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law? Or because you believe what you heard? It's an amazing truth. Those who put themselves under these obligations in order to. I saw God move very, very powerfully in a certain region a few years ago. And then, with a good heart, the gentleman who was leading it stood up publicly and said, I will commit to everyone, I will pray three hours a day. And when I heard that, a part of me went, Oh, no. Not because it's a bad thing, it's wonderful. I've been through seasons where the Lord said, I want you to pray two hours every day, no matter what. But if I stand up and say, well, you know, because you can put legal on, legalism on a person this easy. Say, oh, if you watch this program, I don't, I don't watch TV. And that may be something that God has put in your life. And that's good, and that's right, and that's obedience, and that's awesome, and you are free from something. But to that person, it's just become a law. And you could say, well, they should be free. They shouldn't be insecure. Great, but they are. Especially if you're a leader. Especially if you're an authority. Just be careful. You can't put your conviction upon another person, allow the Holy Spirit to lead them. So he said, I'm going to pray for three hours every day. And in a sense, that's good. That's wonderful. But I said, Lord, please let that not be what he thinks will sustain it. Even though it will help sustain it. It's not in order to. It's because of what you're doing. I will position myself longer. There's a big difference. And the trap of legalism is so easy. Then he says this. So He said a lot in those five verses. But now he goes on to an example. Consider Abraham. I think the the King James says, um, just as Abraham. In other words, everything that I've said now, what, how the power of the Spirit is maintained, how that the law won't do these things. Now let's look at Abraham. So he says, therefore, look at Abraham. Verse 6, he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. You know, the, law of, the, the, the Mosaic law had a point A and had a point B. The covenant God had with Abraham, which was before the law, started here, in a sense rode above that and came back down, confirmed in Christ. And Jesus even looked at people different. And I don't want to get into this, but he said to uh, the rich young ruler who came, <clears throat> said, I've, I've done everything right. I've obeyed everything right. I've done everything. So he said, all right, go give away everything. Now, I don't know this, but I bet you if he did that, he would have come back and said, okay. Jesus just wouldn't have given him something else. Because everything was what I can do, even though with a good heart. And the law was supposed to what? Reveal a condition of death in humanity. Romans 5 said the law was given so that sin would increase. And that sounds crazy. It's not that a holy God wants more sin. But he was after something much more important. I will put my law written down in the earth. Make the trespasses increase. Because now that they know what the law is. They know what right and wrong is. It's not just according to the conscience of their heart. They will find there's no empowerment in knowing and they will get worse. This is exactly what happened. And they did get worse. To prove that the condition of death, it's a, it's a runny nose. I thought, I thought pornography was sin or this was sin. Yes, they are. And those are symptoms. That's the runny nose. There's a virus called sin. Jesus came to deal with that. You don't want the runny nose. That's what destroys families and societies. But Jesus came to deal with the virus. The condition of death in humanity. And so that happens, actually. We have to understand that in order to, in a sense, go forward. We have to see it that Jesus came to reveal the Father, He came to fulfill something. So then Jesus looks at, for example, the lady who broke. Um, The lady who was bent over, she came to touch the lady who was bleeding and came and touched the hem of his garment. She broke two or three laws of Moses by doing that. She shouldn't have been there. She shouldn't have been around people. She shouldn't have touched a Jewish man. But the rich young ruler came to him in a sense as a son of Moses. I am according to the law. The Pharisees even said, Moses is our father. But he said to that woman who broke the law of Moses to get to him, said, go your way, daughter of Abraham saying you're understanding something that these clever people are missing so it says here he believed god verse six and it was credited to him as righteousness understanding that those who believe are children of abraham the scripture now personifies the scripture as a preacher the scripture foresaw that god would justify the gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to abraham So Abraham was given our gospel. You know his name went from Abram to Abraham. You know what was added in his name? The fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Which is grace. And he says all nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham the man of faith. Verse 10. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. All, I'll say that again, all who rely on observing the law are under a curse, for it is written, cursed, or cursed, is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Because the truth is that when when you broke one law, in a sense you broke them all. And the Bible, when they went into the promised land, when... They went into the promised land. The Bible says that God said to them, stand on these two mountains, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. And as you go into the promised land, as you're going into what I promised to Abraham, as you go into the promised land, you have to stand there. And you look at Deuteronomy 27 to 30. It's a crazy part of scripture. And if you don't know that you're not under that, you read that and you get afraid. But he says, go there and they would pronounce If we do this, we will be blessed. And then the other side. But if you don't do this, we will curse you like this. God will put a curse. And they they had to say, Amen. We will be blessed for obedience and cursed for disobedience. The whole covenant was set up like that. And they passed through these two things. When God appeared to Abraham, he believed God. He was accredited for righteousness. Without that. The gospel that we have was preached in advance to Abraham. You see, actually I'm going to get ahead of myself. Let's read on. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. It's quoting the Old Testament. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. In other words, if you choose to live under the law as the thing that makes you right with God, then you have to obey it perfectly. And no one ever could, and no one ever did, except for Jesus. No one ever could. And so basically, if you choose the law as, I'm going I'm I'm, I'm to do it, God. As soon as we do that, we are in a sense, Paul says, Don't, because that's what the Judaizers were coming in and saying. Jesus, yes, but Jesus plus. Jesus plus circumcision, plus plus the law. And he's saying if you do that, you put yourself under a curse. Because no one could ever obey the law. Jesus fulfilled the law on your behalf. And that's what grace means, unmerited favor. And gave you a robe of righteousness as if you lived the life he lived. So when you wake up in the morning, every morning you wake up as if you've perfectly fulfilled the law of Moses, even though you've made mistakes. Otherwise you never come into the presence of God, ever. But if you choose to live under the law, then instantly you're cursed because there's no, way you can, there's no way you can live up to that. That doesn't mean I don't want to obey. Obedience is always a good idea for the believer. He's still the Lord. But from what perspective? So, then it says Christ, let's go read. Verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Can we say promise of the Spirit? Okay, very, very, very important. So, Christ has redeemed us for the curse of the law having become a curse for us, but now let me throw a conundrum to you, Jesus never broke the law, so why did, why was, you know, he he was never, in a sense he never came under a curse, but he became a curse for us, and that's what we're going to look at today very briefly. Can I read you something about covenants and circumcision, just so we have an understanding? There are two basic types of covenants, and I'm moving fast because we worship for so long, but that's always a good thing. There are two basic types of covenants, conditional and unconditional. A conditional or bilateral covenant is an agreement that is binding on both parties for its fulfillment. You do this, I do that. If you don't do this, I won't do that. Kind of straightforward. Both parties agree to fulfill certain conditions. If either party, this is from a commentary, and if you want it, I'll have to find, I can't remember from which one. If either party fails to meet their responsibilities, the covenant is broken, and neither party has to fulfill the expectations of the covenant. An unconditional, however, or unilateral covenant is agreement between two parties, but only one of the two parties has to do something. The Abrahamic covenant is an unconditional covenant. The actual covenant we find in Genesis 12 and the ceremony encoded in Genesis 15 indicates the unconditional nature of the covenant. And then what he explains is in the old days, in the ancient times, they would cut animals and stuff in half, put them over there and pass between. These two parties would pass between and make a covenant. When God comes to Abraham, he says, cut these things in half. But then he puts Abraham to sleep. And God passes through by himself. I will uphold my covenant with you. Abraham's asleep and God passes through by himself. When the children of Israel pass through the blessing and curses they pass through altogether. So later on continue to read God gave Abraham the right, R-I-T-E like the ritual the right of circumcision as the specific sign or seal of the Abrahamic Covenant. All males then in Abraham's line were to be circumcised, and thus they carried with them a lifelong mark in their flesh that they were part of God's blessing to the world. Because God promised Abraham three things, land, descendants, and that he would be a blessing to the world. But it's much more than that. The land, in a sense, in its fulfillment, is actually that when Christ returns, that that his descendants... The land would inherit the earth of which we are a part. It's all land. And that the blessing, the descendants are actually even Gentiles because Abraham wasn't Jewish. He, the Jewish people came from him. That all peoples on the face of the earth that, and that the blessing that would come to the earth would come through the Messiah, Jesus, God in the flesh would come through Abraham's line and be a blessing to the whole world should they receive him by faith. So it's much bigger than just the Old Testament. But now, this is what's amazing. The Abrahamic covenant was an unconditional covenant. And circumcision, hear me out, this is so powerful if we can see it. How many of you long for the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life and in your heart, but it always seems a step away? Okay. What I'm talking about today, and I'm going to go over time, and I'm not sorry. Is very important for that one issue. When you see this, it'll, it sets free in a whole new way. Because Abraham was given the circumcision as a sign or as a seal. A seal, not like a Ziploc. I used to think that when I used to read, he's sealed. And I was like, oh, he, he's trapped me in. That's so nice. Safe. No, it's a seal. It's a branding. Psh, marked by God. He gave circumcision as a sign, as a seal. A sign points to something. And everywhere Abraham went, in a sense, he had this mark, this seal with him on his flesh. That no matter what, I am right with God. Why? Because circumcision, even Romans talks about this, was given to Abraham after he was already made righteous. Romans talks about it. Not before, in order to be righteous. He was already right with God, and this was the reminder, the seal, the sign. You have righteousness with God. It's like this treasure. Everywhere he went, even when he lied to Pharaoh about Sarah, his wife, being his sister, but he left more wealthy and blessed. Everywhere he went, he had this treasure within him. And if people would ask him, how, how are you like this? How do you, you, just things go well with you. Lot, do you want the, the fertile land, Lot, or the desert? Whichever you take, I don't care, because where I go, God goes with me. And he, in a sense, he would open this treasure and say, how can you be like this, Abraham? I'm right with God. He, he carried this treasure. Everywhere he went, I have righteousness with God. Not by anything that I did. But I believed him. But it came to him, the circumcision, the sign, the seal came after it was already done. But then you fast forward to the Israelites, under the law of Moses, it was in order too it was part of the law for them so by Abraham it was given by promise this is what the scriptures will teach but by the, for the Israelites it became a law you have to be circumcised you have to do this you have to do this if you don't this curse this curse this curse so to the Israelites what was formerly under grace Abraham under grace and because something's already taken place I get the sign and seal awesome What happened there became to the future generation a law and legalistic righteousness and fear. And even when it was pronounced, Moses knew because one of the most harshest of those curses in Deuteronomy was that if you don't do these things, you will be exiled completely from your land, which happened. And Moses knew it would happen as he was saying it. And you can go look in Deuteronomy 10 and Deuteronomy 30. It's all there. Because he knew they couldn't do it. And that was the point of the law. So the law of Moses was conditional, not unconditional. And so the promised land was part of the promise that was given to Abraham. It was part of the blessing to Abraham. But to the Israelites, it was not by promise. It was conditional. They couldn't do it, so they got kicked out. Because it was unconditional for Abraham. Circumcision. So that's the land. The sign, the seal, circumcision, circumcision was given to Abraham as a sign and seal as a result of something that had already taken a place. It was because of, I have. But for Israelites, it was in order to. I need to in order to be right with. Now, what started with God's people, because have or because of, almost always, still today, the same battle. What starts with God, by the grace of Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, look at every revival, every denomination, every time, what starts because of, almost always becomes in order to. And the joy goes, the love goes, we sing songs and we weep, and in four years, we sing the same songs, but there's no tears. It's this issue right here. What is the sign and the seal of the new covenant? It was circumcision. Well, let me read out of this Bible, because I don't want to lose my place in that one. Ephesians 1.13. In him you also trusted, after you heard faith by hearing after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, can you say, of promise? Of promise. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, in other words, when he comes back, to the praise of his glory. This is such a powerful truth that I'm asking us, crying out for God to give us revelation on me included further revelation the sign and the seal that was given to Abraham was after he had already received something to show the world now it was given there so it's not like he walked around naked I'm just being real it was given for him privately personally hello in his heart but all his sons would know and the whole community would know that those were a part of that community of course but it was given after he was already made right with God. But under the, under the law, it came in order too. Well, let's read this again. What is the sign in the seal that you have? You have been marked, branded, by the Holy, with the Holy Spirit. So what happens? People say, please pray for me so I have received the Holy Spirit. Please. And what must I do? What must I do? That's in order to. But here it tells us, in him you trusted after the, you heard, after you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom having believed. Can we say, having believed. Already saved. The gospel was preached in advance to Abraham. He was given this precious thing that he carried with him everywhere he went. I'm right with God. He was more sanctified than almost all the Israelites. Although he was never, because the law Lord, the Lord hadn't even come yet. Think about this. Under the law, David could not resist Bathsheba. Joseph, who was before the law, resisted part of his wife. Because he knew God. Because the law stirs up sin and provokes it. But here it says, having believed, you were sealed. It's something you receive. Not earn, receive after it's already happened. Just like Abraham. You can't earn the power. When you receive power, you will receive power when He that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When you, the seal of God comes to your life, you will receive power. What must I do? No, it's because of what Jesus has done. That's because of what's already happened. It's because by faith you believed like your father Abraham. And so you now will be sealed with the person of power and authority. Not because of what you've done, because of what Jesus has done. Friends, if we see that, it's so amazingly precious. So some people say, I can do whatever I want. Why? Because look at the wisdom of God. Look at this amazing wisdom of God. Jesus became a curse. Actually, I'm going to read it. Are you still with me? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. But he never disobeyed the law. What is the curse of the law? The curse of the law, how did it come? It came through disobeying the law. So the two mountains. Okay, well now you're under curse. One of many different types. But Jesus never broke the law. But Jesus, the Bible says, became sin, right? Because what is the consequence of sin? It is death. So Jesus had to deal with both. He had to defeat sin and death. So he lived a sinless life, never broke the law, lived a sinless life and rose out of the grave, defeated both. What is the consequence of the law? A curse. So Jesus had to to, to, to overcome both. So he fulfilled the law, but now what is he going to do about this curse? Because he himself is not under a curse because he's never broken the law. So the Old Testament has a verse, cursed is anyone who is hung on a tree. So he said, I must become a curse just like it became, a, became sin, so that my people can be free from when they make mistakes, the curse of the law coming upon them. So he went and hung on a tree for you. To break the power of the curse. That's the wisdom of God. I will cause him to become a curse because I have to deal with sin and death. I have to deal with the law and curse. So that while we're learning and figuring it out and we're making mistakes, we carry this treasure. No matter what. When I first heard that, my response was, it was such a revelation to me that no matter what I do, the curse, the curse, the, the, the things that come upon people, disobedient people, have no legal right to my life. Because if you don't know that, they'll come. They, en- they come from the enemy. We think they come from the Lord. We're like, oh, I know why life is bad because I'm just not a good Christian. When I saw that, I realized that's from the enemy. Devil, you have no authority over my life. But my heart said, I can kind of do whatever I want because, you know, no matter what I do, the curse of the law is broken. What did that reveal inside my own heart? That I'm not free. That's all it showed me. (laughs) That's all it showed me. That Jesus, as I said, went into the depths of hell and destroyed the devil and he had the power of death and took captivity captive and led them in a train and crawled out of the grave and said, hey guys, this whole thing is over. And then ascended into heaven and went to the right hand by the right hand of the father. You think he did all of that and broke the power of the curse and he he killed death, he cursed, cursed and he captured captivity. This great king Do you think he did that so you can say, well, I can just do whatever. Oh, we've missed the gospel then. Oh, we've missed it. We make it about us. He did all of that so you could be free. So that you could live according to the spirit, by the spirit, in the spirit, keep in step with the spirit. And when we make mistakes, those curses are not going to come upon you. Because you carry this treasure. I'm right with God. I have a brand, a seal of the Holy Spirit that came with me because of, not in order to. I'll read it to you again. Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? That hasn't changed. Is there a cost to carrying the power of the Spirit? Yes. It will cost you everything. But when you see it, it's no longer a cost. Because you're free. Free from other people. Free from your old nature. I reckon myself dead to sin. Go read Romans 6. Romans 6 is basically everything I'm saying. It just puts it better because it's Paul. What's the Holy Spirit? You go to read I reckon myself dead to sin. Romans 6.14. Actually explains all of this in one verse. It's a powerful verse. And then we'll close. It says this. For sin shall not be your master. For you are not under law but under grace. So this truth of grace, when it penetrates the heart, it reveals to you, sin no longer has any authority in my life. So if I think I can just run around, and do whatever I want, do you really think that massive price paid, which dictates your value, by the way, it's the most valuable price that was ever paid, paid, the life of God, a life for a life. You think you paid that price so that you can go and crawl back under the old master? Who is a defeated foe? Who he embarrassed? Who he led in a captivity? In his train and smashed his teeth out. I love David when he prayed, "Lord, smash their teeth in their mouth." I pray not people now; that was people. I pray that against the enemy, Lord, smash his teeth in his mouth. In the thought life, in the other life, in the all the stuff, smash his teeth, shut him up. And he did all of that so that I can go under this old sin slave master. And he can beat me like a coward and just, well, I just get to do whatever I want. Oh, friends. No. (laughs) There's so much more in life than cowering to a defeated foe and calling it grace. Read you one more verse. The Lord looks down. From heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any, any who understand, any who seek God. They have all, all, all turned aside. Billy Graham, John G. Lake, whoever your spiritual hero is. Somebody said it this way, your granny with a bun that's perfect and never does anything wrong. All have sinned, all. They have together become corrupt, there is none, none who do good, no, not one. So Jesus did it. People say to me, well, sin is normal to me. I just, I sin all the time, sin is normal, but it's fine because of grace. I say to you what Jesus said, those who sin are a slave of sin don't become a slave to an old master that's defeated with no teeth you're worth more than that and his price as the Moravians said there was I've told the story before two Moravians that sold themselves into actual slavery because there was a British kingpin who was super rich that wanted nothing to do with Jesus he bought an island and took all these African slaves there and other slaves there And said, no preacher will ever walk in this ground. I don't want to hear about that stupid God. So he bought this island and said, no church, no preacher, no religion, no nothing. So these two Moravian people in such love with Jesus sold themselves into slavery. To go there and tell those people about Jesus. And as the ship was leaving, the one guy, young man, about 19 or 20. And they were being told, you're being extreme. I've been told that you're a bit, you're just being extreme, really? One of them leaned over the port and his family's there, they know he's going to die. And he cried out, so that the lamb may receive the reward of his suffering. It's not even because of my call or because I love people, I don't want him to go to hell. No, no, so the lamb may receive the reward of his suffering. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. And we need to walk in that power again. The seal of the Holy Spirit is given to you by promise. Not by law. By promise. You have him. He has you. I hope he has you. Can we stand? Father, we thank you for your word. I wonder if we just open your arms just for a second. It just shows surrender. If we could just say to the Lord. Lord, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus, you have freed us. You have freed us. May we learn to live free from a defeated foe. By the power of grace. For where sin abounds, grace superabounds. As your word says, grace is more powerful than sin. May it empower our lives, Lord. May it change our lives. For I am crucified with Christ, and no longer do I live, but Christ lives. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name. Amen. Amen and amen. Hand over to Josh.
1: Good morning Free Life Church, we're glad you're here. If you are visiting in person, please stop by the Connection Corner in the lobby to receive your welcome bag and learn more about Free Life Church. A member from our connection team will be there to answer any questions you have. We look forward to meeting you. Come to Kids Place Spirit Night at Chick-fil-A in Leesburg on June 28th from 3 to 8 p.m. Just mention Free Life Church and we will receive 15% of the sales. Drive through and pickup orders also count. Senior youth, join us for a great day in Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. Registration is open through July 7th. Don't wait, sign up today. Come join us for our next encounter night an evening dedicated to going deeper into worship and praying for our families and our community. If you need childcare, please RSVP your children so we can ensure proper care for them. Better a Life, an amazing community outreach program is preparing the Percival Cares and Hope event on July 31st. There are rewarding volunteer opportunities in many areas where you can bring your skills and heart to help make a difference. For more information, visit betteralife.org or contact Elizabeth Ford. We have exciting volunteer opportunities here at Free Life Church. Do you enjoy connecting with new people? Do you enjoy hosting and creating a welcoming environment? We would love to speak with you about becoming a Discovery Class host. Please visit our website or contact us at the office to learn more. Our prayer team meets every week on Friday to pray. If you would like prayer, please fill out the electronic form or drop the request in the connect box. The prayer team meets at the church every Friday at 11 a.m. to pray. If you are interested in joining the prayer team, please contact us at prayer at freelifechurchva.com. For more information about all of our upcoming events, please see the events page on our website. Thanks for tuning in.